happy tax season, everyone. Well, nobody says that. Maybe like, I bid you a very sad tax season and an extremely financially savvy good night. This is my first time doing my own taxes, and not that I thought they were going to be fun or anything, but they're definitely a lot more typical than I expected them to be. I'm using uh, software to help me do my taxes. For legal reasons, I can't say which one, but for non-legal reasons, I'm using TurboTax. And TurboTax ads make it seem like, uh, like it's really easy to do your taxes on TurboTax. Um, and even some of my friends were like, yeah, I just plugged in my forms and they just like did the whole thing for me. Like it was great, I'm getting my refund. And that has not been my experience at all. I am actually, I think TurboTax is really difficult to use. I like can't find anything on there and um, I've been doing it. I like got my mom to help me. So her and I have been calling and like I ask her questions when I get stuck and I've just regressed into like being a child. <laughs> like, like we just fight every time we're, I'm trying to get my taxes done. And she'll be like, oh, I need you to find the section where you can input this form. And I'll be like, I don't know where that is, mom. I'm trying to find it, okay? It's not in the menus. And she'll be like, can you go to um, the second tab on the left and just click into there? And I'm like, I did that. I'm in the second tab on the left. I don't see it, okay? It's not here. I don't understand where it is. <laughs> like, taxes should not drive me to this kind of behavior. It's so embarrassing. And I realized as I kept going through like the process of doing my federal and then my my state forms that my mood now is like fully dependent on how much of a refund I'm getting. So like, you know, in the beginning, it kind of starts you out um, estimating that you're going to get like a nice chunk of tax returns. And then all of a sudden I started putting in more info and it was like, just kidding, you actually underpaid and you owe the government money and I went from being in a good mood and being like I love taxes the government is great can't wait to buy myself a bag to being like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like like why do we believe in the constitution why are there laws why do we follow them like I will not be giving the government more money like I already give them money every month for taxes for my insurance for social security, for my 401k, like I am giving the government enough. And they were like, all that you're giving us, we want more. And you know what else gets me though, is the accuracy guarantee that TurboTax has. They're like, we can say with 100% certainty that your taxes are absolutely right. And I'm like, I don't even think all the info I've given you is 100% right, let alone what you've done with it. I can't even understand like half the categories that are in there. I'm not sure if I put anything in the right place. I'm not sure if I recorded the right amounts of things or like did these calculations correctly, but they're 100% certain that this is right. How come people are getting audited then? And that's really another thing. Like if the government knows how how much we owe in taxes, why don't they just do them for us? Like why don't they just send you a bill in the mail? And I was talking to someone about this and they were like, well, that would require a lot of trust in the government, right? Like you would just have to assume that whatever the government was billing you for, it was correct. And I'm like, but don't we have to do that anyway? Like if you fill out your taxes and you think you're doing everything right, the government can just get back to you and be like, wrong, you did them wrong, you owe us more. I don't really understand the difference. Like if they're gonna, if they're gonna like charge what they want from me anyway, they, they might as well just do it up front, right? 
I just wanted to end this with a quick little sorry to my mom. Um, I was not at my best. I feel like taxes should not be this much of an emotional roller coaster for me. I've never heard anyone else talk about this, so I don't know if this is just like fully a me thing. And you know, with all the drama that we go through as young people, I would have thought I would have been able to handle the drama of doing my taxes with a little more grace and patience, um, but I didn't and that's on me. So sorry about that mom, I'll be better next year. This is Camelia. Please pick up the phone. Recently, some of my friends went to trivia, and one of the categories was state capitals. And they guessed that the capital of Virginia was Arlington. Arlington, Virginia. Um, for those of you guys who are not familiar with Virginia, Arlington is just across the border from D.C., so it's at the very, very northern tip of Virginia. Uh, the capital of Virginia is Richmond, which is in central Virginia, which I guess not everyone knows, but Richmond and Virginia as a whole is like heavily in the history books. So maybe I'm biased being from Virginia, but I, I did like laugh my ass off at them. I'm like, can you imagine if they made the capital like the very, very tippy top of Virginia and you'd just be like one skip away from being in another state, from being in Maryland or being in DC? Richmond, Virginia is actually funny because Richmond was the capital of the Confederacy during the Civil War, and there's still a lot of historical things up that reference the Confederacy there, which is weird in general, but it's kind of like darkly funny because Richmond is a pretty diverse and like very liberal city. So if you ever visit there, you'll see like fuck Trump, like graffitied on the side of a building. And then you'll take two steps and then you'll see like a Confederate general, like on horseback. I find it so weird how all this Confederate stuff is just stuck in the middle of like a normal city still. I know they've taken some of it down, particularly the Robert E. Lee statue, which was nice to see. One time I was visiting there for a weekend and I was just out for a run and and I saw this like really cool piece of architecture. It looked kind of like Roman Colosseum-y. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, let me go take pictures. So I, I ran over to get closer. And when I got there, I, I was trying to read what was inscribed on the side. And then I realized that it was literally the Articles of Secession from Virginia. Like they were like, we are seceding from the Union and like joining the Confederacy. And I was like, are you kidding me? I don't want to see this on my run. I just want to see the city. But let's go back to Arlington for a sec. Hating on Arlington is probably one of the most classic DC things you could do. Uh, people here act like Arlington is basically as far away uh, as Siberia. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. I mean, it is a little far by Metro, but like the moral superiority that people who live in DC feel over people who live in Arlington is so strong and... <laughs> And uh, I feel like it's a very classic part of DC culture here to like be a hater of whoever's across the river. Um, that's kind of how it goes in the city though. Like uh, my, my friends who said that are not from Virginia, thank God, or I'd really have to make fun of them. But uh, when you when you live in a city, I feel like cities tend to be really insular and kind of like not um, 
not pay attention to anything outside of them and think that like the whole center of the universe revolves around wherever you live. New York definitely gets the worst rep for this, but I have to say I do think it's deserved. Most of my family lives in New York and my parents and I are the only ones who live in Virginia. And to be honest, whenever I talk about anything from Virginia, <laughs> my cousins and stuff look at me like I'm talking about like absolute middle of nowhere, like corn and potatoesville US. And there, you know, there are parts of Virginia that are heavily rural, you know, farmland, lots of Appalachia, which is also fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, I, I come from like a decently developed area, you know, like a small size city. And it just makes me laugh so hard that like, <laughs> like they think that there is nothing metropolitan outside of New York. And like New York has the best everything. New York has the best whatever, whatever. And New York does have the best of some things. You know, New York City is a big deal for a reason, but definitely not of everything and it's hysterical like they haven't even heard of any schools down here or any landmarks or stuff that's actually like famous across the country they're like are you, you know like it probably doesn't compare to new york acting superior about location is definitely a dc thing as well as a new york thing but since i've been in dc for a bunch of months now I think it's about time for me to make a bucket list to sort of start getting more connected to and immersed in the community and the culture here. So naturally, the first thing I thought of to go on my bucket list is that before I leave here, um, I would really like to be a senator's mistress. Um, I would settle for being a girlfriend, but I feel like most of them are old enough that they already have a partner. So I think mistress is really more uh, realistic for me to focus on at this point. And I think it would be a great one, I have to say. I, uh... Okay, to be honest, I was gonna put a list of credentials here that would make me a good mistress, but um, I'm definitely not good at keeping my mouth shut because I have a podcast where I talk trash. <laughs> um, and... I feel like that's the only criteria for being somebody's mistress, is keeping your mouth shut. Um, and I'm not involved with the political scene in DC at all, so I would have no reason to, like, be at events anyway. Um, I'm not selling myself hard, but but I'm a great time. I'm fun. I'm a lot of fun. Um, I, I would very happily go to a gala, ball, or donation-centered charity event. Um, I would happily talk the ear off of someone who we're trying to get money from um i could be bored for a long time and just entertain myself at aforementioned dinners and galas um i have no moral qualms about saying i'm with the press if somebody starts asking me about why i'm at an event that i'm not supposed to be at um and if they really get upset at me and somebody starts to figure us out i'm kind of a fast runner I guess, I guess that's all I bring to the table. I really just think that it would be fun and kind of iconic to, like, be the downfall of a politician. Like, be the reason that their voters are questioning their morals. So please, if this has reached any senators out there and you're interested in what I have to bring to the table, ask a staffer to teach you how the DMs work and come hit my line. The next thing I'd like to put on my DC bucket list is definitely being invited to a White House party. I don't mean by Joe Biden. I mean, like, I want to be invited to an Obama-era White House party. And I, I know that this is crazy. Like, this is my specific form of insanity. But I am completely convinced that I'm always, like, 10 minutes away from being invited to hang out with the Obamas. 
Like, I, I don't know why I've gotten this into my head, but, like, I'm just convinced that I would be great friends with the Obama family, and not even, like, Sasha and Malia, because I'm close to their age, so, like, it's more realistic that if I met them, maybe we would actually hang out and have some stuff in common, but, like, the whole family, like, I'm, I just, like, want to be a part of it. I read this article years ago, uh, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates, in it he tells the story of going to the final party at the White House that was thrown by the Obamas before they left office and he just made it sound so fun and so cool. The entire guest list was great, like the music seemed great, the vibe seemed great, um, the Obamas seemed like really down to earth and like I just can't get over this idea that like, you know what, if they met me, I would just like fit right in with the family, which is for sure nuts and wildly arrogant, but no one can convince me otherwise. Like I read Becoming and there's this one scene where um, Michelle goes off to college and in her first year, she accidentally bought twin sheets instead of twin extra long sheets and can't fit them all the way down her dorm bed and has to sleep with like her feet sticking out onto the mattress because they don't fit all the way down. And I did that too. And I read that and literally was like, oh my God, I'm Michelle Obama. <laughs> like we have so much in common. Can I name a single thing we have in common other than that story about the sheets? No, nothing, literally not a damn thing. But in my head, if the Obamas would just like stumble upon me, they would realize immediately that like, we're all going to be BFFs. We're just going to take a quick break to say thank you to today's sponsor, TurboTax. TurboTax is the world's leading automated tax software and has been given a gold star by over eight financial agencies. TurboTax makes filing your taxes easy and manageable for us ordinary people. Using TurboTax is a fast and stress-free experience that will have you wanting to skip out on plans with your friends because you'd rather stay in and do taxes. Find out why TurboTax is the IRS's software of choice Oh, I can't say that? Why? Because the IRS will get mad? Okay, um, yeah, okay. Make sure we cut that part. Check the link in our description below to get started and see how much you could save with TurboTax today. I have a curse. And that curse is that I can't make it through security anywhere without being flagged down or setting something off or just like generally causing a problem and just not making it through smoothly. This has happened to me at airports all over. It's happened when I'm with my parents, when I'm with my friends. It's happened when I was in middle school, high school, up through, you know, now being an adult. Um, and it happens at museums too, including all sorts of museums where you really would not want to be causing a ruckus. I've set off security at the Holocaust Museum. I've set off security at the Indigenous Peoples Museum. Really, if you could name a place with a metal detector and a security system, I've fucked it up somehow. And, and I've had all the punishments too. You know, I've um, had my bag searched. I've been pulled aside and questioned. I've been pat down. I've been like wanted. I've had to throw some things out, you know, all the <laughs> really run the gamut of, of ways that I could be a problem. I don't really know why this is. Uh, with all the times it's happened, I, at this point, I feel like I've just concluded that I have suspicious face whatever that means, 
and that I'll just have to live with this forever. One time I was in an airport several years ago and I was running really late for a flight. I'm not usually running late for flights because I also had those parents that I feel like a lot of us had where we couldn't get to the airport any later than like two to three hours early. So I'm always really early to the airport. But this one time I was like really delayed on public transit and I was just like really running behind. It was a big airport so I knew security was gonna take me a while and I was like oh my god what if I miss my flight. I'm like super panicked running through the airport. I make it through the front of the security line and my bag sets off security. Of course the one time it would be nice to not set off security of course it does. And the woman looks through my bag and she's like oh your water bottle is full and that's what set it off which is so dumb like you know one of those things it's like I totally know that I just forgot to empty it out so I'm like oh I'm so sorry I totally forgot so I asked her can you go ahead and pour it out and she was like I can't do that um I was like why why can't I feel like that's usually what they do at the airport um they'll just be like they have like a bucket for liquids and they'll be like I'll just dump it for you she's like we're not allowed to throw this out for you or dump out the water and I'm like okay um could you hand it back to me and I can go throw it out and she's like no you can't get out of line like you can't leave I need to like see what you're gonna do with this this bottle of water and I'm like oh okay so if you can't throw it out and I can't throw it out what are my options? And she just like looks me dead in the eye and she's like, well, I can either throw out your entire water bottle and this looks like it was pretty expensive or you can drink it all right now. Which like, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. She said it like, like very intensely. I was like, I don't, I don't know why you're allowed to throw out the whole water bottle, but not the water in it. That's not allowed. Like it feels like she's making this up for entertainment, but I don't really have time to ask more questions. I need to make it to my flight and I did really want that water bottle back but here's the thing it was a full water bottle <laughs> like I didn't have some I had filled it up before I went to the airport so I was like I guess I'll drink it I take it back from her and I just chug and never have I felt like college taught me more than when I was chugging this water bottle <laughs> um in like 30 seconds flat like I was honestly very impressed with myself by this point other people who worked at the airport uh other security agents were also coming over and like staring at me because if you see someone like really intensely chugging like it kind of it kind of didn't seem like it was water like they were like what is this lady doing like is she allowed to be here like what is she drinking and I'm chugging my full water bottle so I can't exactly answer them and I'm like are you kidding me like I know this is not in protocol and this woman just decided that it would be fun for her to like watch me do this and if you're thinking oh my god did she have to pee the entire flight yeah, you're damn right. I absolutely did pee like four times. I was so annoying and thank god I was in an aisle seat so I could be that annoying but now I think I have a new ultimate fear like what would have happened then if I was in the window god forbid and the person next to me was someone that I didn't know and they fell asleep and I had just chugged a whole water bottle and I couldn't hold it in anymore. Weirdly I've thought a lot about this I guess just like being prepared for anything. And I feel like if you get stuck in this situation, you only have two options. Because let's face it, uh, airplane seats, unless you're in first class, are tight. There's not a lot of room even at your feet at all. There's no like diplomatic or nice way to go about this. It really only boils down to two options. You can do parkour, 
or you can give someone a lap down. Let me explain. Option one is parkour and you have to like launch yourself out of the seat. Like you really need to like fully stand up on the seat that you're sitting in while you're in a plane full of normal people doing their shit and then like launch yourself over the person in the aisle. Like you'll have to do a weird like lunge over them like flinging your feet out in front of you and like hope that there are no casualties and that you don't go like barreling into the people across from you which let's face it if you did this on a plane you would get a lot of weird looks you might even wake the person up by like thudding on the ground next to them when you land but the only other option you have is to do like a shimmy and try and like squeeze your way out. This is how you end up giving someone a lap dance that they definitely did not ask for. Literally the only other way to get out is just like shimmy your body past their body. This never starts out like you want to give someone a lap dance obviously but like you're trying to like do a light version of parkour. You're like sticking your leg out trying to see how far you can reach it but it only reaches so far so then you slip on your way to like taking a big step over somebody and you end up like straddling them. That's what happens. You would end up straddling the person next to you just like trying to squeeze your way out without causing a fuss or waking them up. I'm so afraid. <laughs> of being in this position and like having to be so bad and having to choose one of those options. There is no right way. Both of these options are so bad that if I'm ever in this situation, I swear I will literally break the window and just pee out the window. It's it's a better option. You've reached the voicemail of Camellia. Please hang up and dial again. for listening to this episode of pick up the phone our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team our executive producer is camelia pastor our audio editor is camelia pastor our graphic designer is camelia pastor our marketing team camelia and pastor sales and analytics camelia pastor and of course this season's intern is camelia pastor